0: Kurt Jackson, contemporary artist living and working in West Cornwall. The RNLI is a subject for a recent body of work of mine that follows a long line of different projects looking at all aspects of the coast of our country. This exhibition that we're holding down here in West Cornwall, which uh, we've called RNLI Cornwall, is a a collection of some 70 plus paintings, mixed media pieces of work. I'm a contemporary artist living in the far west of Cornwall. I think I've come to this as a subject, the RNLI, on a number of different levels, um, sort of a number of different reasons, as it were. I suppose prim- primarily I, I live in a coastal community, quite remote community. I've worked and lived in this place for most of my life. Um, I paint the sea, as in I actively engage with the sea to make my work. Um, I see and witness this, the seas, the ocean, in all states, moods as a result i respect the sea both its, its its the scale the the power the the danger as well as the sort of um, attraction and the beauty of it but also as a person who's spent so many years down here i've of course got memories and of situations and um, events that i've i've seen So one of my earliest memories involving the RNLI is when I was a kid, and my father was a a very amateur sailor. He had a small boat, and so it was a single person inshore little sailing boat. And I've still got this this memory, this vision of him off rock, which is in the camel estuary between Padstow and Rock and other boats zipping around him in the summer that area can get quite quite busy and then suddenly seeing him waving to me on the shore with both arms up in the air and I just thought he was having fun and wanted to share his moment with me and I waved back and gave him the thumbs up and you know I was only about nine or ten I should think and um Actually, what was happening was the boat was sinking. It was slowly sinking, going underwater. Of course, he was waving to me, asking for help, as it were. But within, it seemed at the time, within minutes, a lifeboat was there and um, was pulling him out and then towing him to the shore. And it was just so quick. And it was just um, an amazing example of how quick and how how speedy they, these people were to the rescue you know someone had obviously called them or seen it as well and knew what was going on so i guess that's one of my mem- earliest memories but as a person who paints the sea it is just such a, an amazing subject to, you know we're talking all levels we're talking about um, everything from these vivid orange and dark blue boats which are just so attractive in one level and appealing but what they stand for is so profound you know the fact that people are prepared to to go the extra mile to put themselves out there to make the ultimate sacrifice and then also we've got the 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 famous incident with the solomon brown the the Penlee disaster which when you live in west cornwall you're you're very aware of that and when you've lived there a long time you tend to no people connected to it in somehow, that horrendous tragedy. I managed to get access to the Penley Boathouse and made a, a series of works about that space, about that void, where a boat should be, where now it's empty but it's, it's frozen in time. It's, it's the most incredibly powerful experience to go in there and hopefully I succeeded in making work to try and capture that feeling. There was some trepidation, both for how I was going to respond and how I was going to feel. You know, I'm quite an emotional person at times, but also as to whether I could actually pull it off in terms of painting, you know, whether I could succeed. I was setting myself a challenge. Once you step into that space and you and you see it frozen in time, nothing really has changed. There's even the the, the crew's old Oil skins hanging, hanging from the hooks still. This sort of hanging silence, this stillness, that's really profound and really sort of, where well, it just affects you in all sorts of ways. And so I remember when I first went in there, I found myself just standing, staring, thinking, remembering. And then I started to wander around the place and you see all these... Ancient, Whether it's the ancient telephone still there or um, just things that have been left um, and then there's like most lifeboat stations there's all the memorials and the plaques and the, the names and you know things to, to stop us forgetting of what happened in the past and the people that were saved and the gallantry and all the rest of it but obviously it all stops at this one point in time um yeah it's just uh, an incredibly emotive place and quite rightly it's been listed now um as a, a building of importance while i was there people were brought in just the odd couple and sometimes clasping flowers and you know and people would just stand there and i suppose it's paying their respects really It was a privilege to be given that access, and and also that time on my own there, and allowed to make my work, which is my way of responding to that place and that situation. Hello, this is Ruth Jones. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.